So we're going to start uh, a new series called Words and more words. Are you excited about this? Okay. At the beginning of the year, uh, when we were praying over uh, getting everything ready for this year's series, uh, I've just been, this this past week, I was thinking of this, I've just been so grateful to the Holy Spirit because I don't think we've had a miss. I think this year, the Lord has really used the speakers and has used the series that we've uh, been bringing here to really transform people's lives. And I don't think he's He's done yet. I really believe that this is, this is a series, especially in the uh, in the in the the society with which we're living, the times with which we're living, this is a, this is a series that I think we really need to to hear. And and who better to bring it than a wordsman himself, <laughs> Justin Bashirs? Would you welcome Justin this morning? Appreciate you guys. Well, Kevin texted me months ago and was like, "Hey, man." I want you to pray about doing a three-week series. I was like, I want you to pray about letting me do a three-week series. <laughs> what if there's somebody new to church and all they get is this for the next couple of weeks? They're like, man, I don't know. They're either all in or like, I will never go back. <laughs> all he did was throw fastballs. He cocked both barrels back, was just shooting at everybody in the crowd for three weeks in a row. So I was praying. I was like, okay, okay. A three-week series. I was like, okay, I definitely got to pray about this. And uh, and God, I was like, God, what are we going to talk about? He was like, your big fat mouth is what we're going to talk about. I was like, no, look, no, this is not what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about grace and faith and mercy and heaven. We're not talking about fire and brimstone that comes out of my mouth. He's like, oh, yes, we are. And so knowing that, the last six months has been a lot of, a lot of this. A lot of this. So, I don't know what happened there, but that's why you don't give me a headset mic, right? Uh, before we get started, uh, just a shameless plug, if you go ahead and put that up there. Uh, my kid wanted me to do this, it had nothing to do with me. It said nothing to do with me, literally had nothing to do with me. Uh, okay, so, uh, I'm just saying, my, look, my kid, okay? My kid started a wrestling company. It's my kid, it's not just me, we're co-owners, Okay, uh, we have a wrestling production called Living Room Wrestling where all the dads, uh, dads wrestle with their kids in the living room. The only difference is we decided to make it a big thing and put it on Facebook Live and promote it and try to make millions of dollars on YouTube. Uh, it's the only difference. But he wanted me to tell you guys that he's having a pay-per-view match tonight, uh, the Ghost versus Skull Crush. It's going to be on Facebook Live at 7 p.m. Uh, I don't want you to know, I don't really care if you watch, my son would really love for you to tune in. Uh, like it and share it, uh, get the algorithms up. So uh, that's Living Room Wrestling, Back to School Bash tonight. Uh, okay, so now back to our uh, regularly scheduled programming. Uh, before I get into any more trouble about making things about me, uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to pray and we're going to get into the Word. Amen? Okay. Father, I thank you so much for this day that you've given us, God. I'm grateful for this opportunity to share your Word for your word, for your people, Lord, I ask in all of the dumb things that I say um, that you would just let that fall to the ground and that you would use me, um, that you would speak through me um, to, to, to share with your people what you want us to hear today, God, that our lives would be changed and we would not walk out of this place the same way we walked in. We'd have a deeper understanding of your love and your care and your shepherding in our lives. Uh, I pray that you would help us to be good stewards of the words that we say and the thoughts that we think. God, we love you 
and we bless you in Christ's name. Amen and amen. Okay, here we go. So if you would stand with me if we get these verses up. We're going to get into the Word. If not, I'll read it out of my Bible, and you'll just stand silently, and that'll be cool too. There are no words. I have no words, you know? Okay. So here's what I'll do. I'll just read you the Word of God. And you can stand at attention and soak it in and listen, okay? James chapter 3, verse 1 says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire, and the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. And one more. Proverbs 13.3. Oh, hey, look at there. Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. Amen. You can be seated. Well, that's a deadly verse when you run across it in your daily Bible reading. You're like, well, good. Well, good. Whoever, whoever guards his mouth preserves his life, and he who opens wide his lips come to ruin. Once again, I feel like I've been typecast. They do a sermon about addiction, like we're going to give this to Justin, right? But then this, the problem with this one was this was God typecasting me, mouth of the south up here. This has been the most convicting sermons, like much less sermon series I've ever had to teach. I've ever had to teach. Um, and I'll just give you an example. Show of hands. Who in here has ever been offended by something I have said? My wife, anybody? Look, there can't be that many people. Look, there's got to be more. How many? Honest. Be honest. I need to know. How many people have been upset or offended by something I've said? Yeah, there we go. I see that hand. I see that hand. Yes, ma'am, I see that hand. Oh, in the back. There it is. Will's back there. I see that hand. Right? I know it's coming. They're like, yeah, all right. Okay, here we go. Uh, show of hands. Who's ever been offended or upset by something somebody else has said? Oh, yeah, a lot more. Hey, there's more that have been offended by other people than by me. We're doing good. We're doing good. Off to a ra raging start. Okay, show of hands. 
show of hands, who has ever been encouraged or blessed by something I have said? Hey, that's a lot more hands. Okay, who, who has been, show of hands, who has been encouraged or blessed by something somebody else has said to you? Okay. Let's face it, words are hard. Words are hard. I don't know why, but for some reason, I feel like I have the uncanny ability to say the right thing at the wrong time. Can anybody else relate? I'll be talking to my wife, and I'll say the logical thing at an emotional time. She's like, thank you for that dose of reality when I just needed nothing to be said. Right? Or I have a tendency to say the wrong thing all the time. Anybody else? Or here's another one. I, I walk away full of regret because I never said what I was supposed to have said in the first place. And I think this is where I get a lot. A lot of you guys might, might not be talkers like me by nature, but there's those moments where you feel like God's saying you should say this to somebody and you don't. Or maybe you should ask to be to pray for somebody, or you don't. Or you're supposed to go up for prayer, but they called for some other type of prayer, and you don't want to be embarrassed or be associated because they are praying about drug addicts all of a sudden. And you're like, I don't want people to think I'm struggling. Right? Worried about perception. Words tend to come out um, uh, all kind of crazy ways. And I feel like that I'm not the only one that finds myself speaking out of my flesh more often than not. There are situations that you don't even realize you're speaking out of your flesh. Uh, does everybody know what hangry is? You know what hangry is? I didn't know that hangry was a real thing. Like, I knew it was kind of real, but I didn't know it was a physiological thing. Like, studies have been shown that, that reduced levels of blood sugar uh, produce increased levels of irritability. Did you know that? Found that out on vacation. Where is my dad in here? Bless God, he'll live stream this. And this is not to shout at my dad, because we're talking about words, so I'm not going to get up here and just talk about my dad. But everybody in this situation has either been on one side of this or not. You've either been the, the victim or you've been of, of a hangry moment or you've been the person that's the perpetrator. Is that the right word? Okay, you've been the per It just sounds bad, like you're going to court for that, right? So we're on vacation. It was the first vacation that Jess was with our family. It was a big family vacation. I don't necessarily advise multi-family vacations. Suddenly, <laughs> so, you know, like mom, dad, sister, family, you and your family. Sometimes they just don't mix. That's why we don't all live together, okay? Um, we're on vacation it's one of the last days we got up a little bit late, and so we're dragging, and my dad's starting to get hungry. My dad's been up since like, you know, 2.30 a.m. I don't know why. You reach a certain age, and you're like, I guess my body just wants to be up early, right? So he's up early, and we're moseying around, and, and we're, we're going to go get something to eat. And, uh, and we go to a couple of little spots, and he's trying to get us to do some sketchy stuff. Like, like you know how sometimes there's like a hotel or a motel that has a breakfast, but you didn't stay there? Like, you can't, you can't then go get the breakfast that comes with it. And so he goes in and comes back out, and he's trying to convince us to all get out of the car and go in. He's like, look, they, they're about to close it down, but it's only like $5. You can just come out. I was like, Dad, we're not. This is super sketchy. Like, this is, like, me and, like, we just got married. I don't want this to be what she knows about my family. <laughs> that we've grown up doing this stuff, man. 
Right? Right? So, so look, so we shut him down and we're like, no, nah, dad, there's a Denny's just like 20 minutes from here. And we knew it was risky, right? Because he's already hungry. He's ready to go and do some shady stuff in the hotel. So we know he's starving. So man, he was like, all right. So he gets in the car and we plug in the GPS to Denny's, right? And we start driving and we're getting further and fur- we're in Indiana and we're getting further and further away from anything, And me and Jess both have this sinking feeling that something's not right, that Siri is wrong. And we end up, and it says, you have arrived at your destination for the Denny's, and we're in the middle of a cornfield. (laughs) I swear, it was like a one-lane road, cornfields on both sides, and we parked the car. And I looked at her, and she was like, you're going to go tell him. I was like, he will kill me. He can't kill you. He can't fight you. (laughs) And we sat there. We didn't even have to get out the car. He came to the window. (laughs) And we're like, what are we doing? What is going on? And we're like, Dad, look, sorry, super sorry. Uh, it's not Denny's. We're, you know, and then so we plugged in another Denny's, and it was 25 more minutes away. I thought he was going to lose his mind, right? This is unbelievable. Then we get to, we get to Denny's, and like, it's going to be like 15 minutes, and I'm like, we're all dead. We are all dead. He's going to die. We sit down at the table. He orders, he orders his drinks. He's, you know, he's just raging right now. They bring out the pancakes and whatever else we ordered. He took one bite and it was like Jekyll and Hyde. He was like, this is a really nice Denny's. Like, <laughs> like I have never seen it. It kind of looks like a Cracker Barrel, but without all the knickknacks. And we're like, God, this is a real thing. And me and Jess looked, and our minds were blown. We was like, it's amazing what food can do to a person, right? Right? Now, you take that situation and put it in any one of our lives throughout the week, and it's amazing what a small thing can bring out the most venomous tongue in our lives. And usually it happens to the people that are in closest proximity to us. And usually the people in the closest proximity are people that we love and care about or say that we do. Right? Mike Tyson had a quote. Uh, yeah, I know what you're thinking. How did this dude, how, we went from hangry to now he's quoting Mike Tyson in the middle of a sermon series. But you know, sometimes Mike gets it right. You know? You never thought you'd hear today where somebody preached what Mike Tyson was saying, but, uh, but just hear me out for a second. Mike Tyson said something. He said, if somebody can make you angry, they own you. If somebody can get inside of your headspace, because usually when you operate out of anger, you don't say the right thing. And when somebody can forcibly make you angry, then they own you because you no longer have control over how you act and how you think and how you respond. Speaking out of our flesh is one of the most dangerous things we can do as believers. And it happens or else it wouldn't be a thing. Words are important, super important. We use words to communicate. We use words to convey emotion. We use words to bless. We use words to curse. Some industries curse more than others. We use words to clarify. We use words to demonstrate. Did you know that there are roughly 6,500 languages spoken in the world today? 6,500 communicable languages. And that's not even counting all the made-up sci-fi and super nerdy languages that I know of, right? 
read a book. And they were like, you were like, what are they talking in? That is not a real thing. Harry Potter. Like they just make up their own language. Those are made up things. And we've got 6,500 real ones. Right? Words can inspire you and motivate you. And words can absolutely destroy you. Words can weigh you down in ways you never knew. Some of us are carrying words that have been spoken over us many, many moons ago, and we carry them around just like this. Every single day, we use them to beat ourselves down. We use them for self-sabotage. It doesn't matter how far I advance. I remember what so-and-so said about me. And then some of us are carrying around the word of God every single day and saying, no matter what my situation looks like, even when I can't see it, I'm standing on this word. Words challenge us. Um, There's a quote by a lady named Betty Eady, and she says, if we understood the power of our words, we would prefer silence to almost anything negative. I'm going to read that again. She said, if we understood the power of our words, we would prefer silence to almost anything negative. If we understood the power of our thoughts, we would guard them more closely. In our thoughts and words, we create our own weaknesses and our own strengths. Word is what God has chosen as a catalyst for change. It's, it's words have creative power, right? You can, re- anybody can read the Bible long enough to see words become action, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This is like chapter one, verse one, open the Bible, right? In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth and the earth was out form and void. And then it said, and God said, let there be light. And then there was light. And then God said this. And then God said that. Jesus himself is referred to as the word of God. The Bible contains the phrase God said or the word of God over 2,000 times in just the Old Testament. Words are important. They are a catalyst for creation in our lives. And here's the thing. Words don't just happen on their own, right? I know there's sometimes where you're like, if you're anything like me, you're like, dang, I just said that. Did I say that? Has anybody ever said, said something and been like, did I just say that out loud, right? I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys something you might not know about me, okay? Just use this however you will next time we're having a conversation. I am an out loud processor, okay? You don't know what that means? You don't know what that means? I'm going to give you a perfect example. My wife is an internal processor, which means when she says something, it, there's been calculations that have gone on inside of her body that have not come out of her mouth yet. So what she says out of her mouth is calculated and thought through. And so she means what she says. Me, I'm an out loud processor, which means my mouth and brain are moving simultaneously. 
So as I'm talking things out, I'm processing it in my brain. And this doesn't always work well for an internal processor because my out loud processing sounds something like this. She'd be like, babe, da 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 I'm like, well, that's stupid. I don't even know. And I'm like, well, hang on. It's not really stupid. And I'm having to think about what I'm saying as I'm saying it. And then she starts responding to my half thought out response. And then I get short circuited and I just, ah, uh, this is unproductive. I need to go, right? Couples, that is, a, that is one of the greatest things you can, you can take. If you're married, know when a conversation is unproductive. That was not in the message. Just know when a conversation is not productive and you need to stop talking. Because once it reaches a point where it is no longer productive, and you don't just have to do that with your spouse or your girlfriend. If you're, if you're talking with a friend, if you're talking with a staff member or a coworker or, or whatever, when the conversation no longer becomes productive to where everybody is moving forward or the problem is getting solved, stop the conversation. Because then it becomes less about the thing and more about each other. So I'm an out loud processor. So when I'm saying things, just know that may not be what I mean right away. But we'll get eventually. We, we get there. We eventually get there. Two or three walkaways. We're back. <laughs> Still married almost nine years. So it's working, right? But now she understands. She understands, right? But, but my point is, words don't just come out on their own. They don't come out on, your, on their own. Your mouth doesn't move without your brain telling it to. What is going on in your mind and your heart eventually comes out of your mouth. What is going on in your mind and in your heart will eventually come out of your mouth. Kevin did a sermon series uh, several weeks ago. And he was up here shaking up this two liter. And half of you guys were like, he is not going to open that. This, he is not. Right, that is gonna get him in his clothes and his shoes. And he had on like semi-white shoes. I'm like, he ain't finna do it. He ain't finna do it. Semi-white, right? Because you're right here, right here. And he opened it up and then he said, What's going on in the inside is the problem because it eventually spills out. And today I'm here to tell you that the way that it usually spills out is through the stuff that you say to people. That's how it spills out. If your life is full of the word, when somebody comes at you with something, the word of God spills out. Blessing spills out. Encouragement spills out. We're at that JBQ yesterday, and some of these kids are getting super discouraged. There's other teams that aren't, aren't doing so well, and every one of our kids is like, great job, man. They're asking to pray before the match, right? And, and one of the kids is like, God, I pray that even if a kid gets it wrong, that we encourage, and even if they get it right, that we're not upset, that we're just clapping and stuff. And I'm like, I'm in the back going, JBQ, got me. I'm, I'm getting a JBQ right here underneath, right? <laughs> Quiz out. <laughs> Seriously, got me, right? And you know, what, you know what God showed me is? The word of God is being poured into them. They're here. They're practicing. I know it's like a competition, but what's coming out of them are the things that the Bible is talking about. Right? It's not just them practicing to get a question right. It's that when it's in the moment, what comes out is what's inside. What is in our minds and our hearts eventually comes out of our mouths. And I know that sometimes I don't mean to say some of the things that I say. 
And so that's a check. God, what's in my heart? Jesus says in Luke 6, 45, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I didn't just make that up on my own. Pastor Greg Crochelle said, words don't take you somewhere you never wanted to go. They amplify something that's in your heart. James, uh, not the youth pastor, but the book of the Bible. Uh, just want to clarify, because me and James are tight. It's my best bro, you know? Um, I want you to know he didn't say this. It would be super profound if I was like, James told me, and you were like, wow, this guy is super wise, right? <laughs> Although he is, that's, this is not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the guy we were just reading, right? <laughs> James talks about our tongue being like a rudder, and uh, a rudder does not propel the ship. It guides the ship, right? Our hearts, which are our mind, our will, and our emotions are the engine that drives us and our tongues guide the way. A small change in the way that you talk can have a big consequence. Even in the way that you present things to people, I feel like a lot of times we manipulate each other and I've shared this before, but there's probably, I know there's one new person, so this is for you and all the rest of you. Um, I'm just saying, I was like, hey, how you doing? First time? Please stick around. Please don't judge us. Just stay. Just stay. Come at least three weeks. Kevin will be back up in a couple of weeks. <laughs> I think I said that to him, right? Words are, they're so hard. So <laughs> what was I saying, honey? Tell me. She's my balance here. <laughs> I don't even know what I was going to say. It was something good, though. I'm manipulating people, right, by the way that we say things. What if I, if anybody ever done you like this, or have I done you like this, all those that raise their hand? Hey, what are you doing Saturday? Now, nah, so loaded. That's so loaded. When we're like, hey, man, what are you doing this weekend? Like, uh, <laughs> my mom, my mom, you know, things, and she needs it, and Maybe my wife, let me tell you, I've gotten used to saying, man, uh, I got to check with Jess. She runs my calendar. And, uh, <laughs> she might escape. You don't know how many people I've told. Uh, I got to check with Jess because uh, I don't know, right? But, but, right? And then when you say I'm doing nothing, then comes the, hey, can you help me move? <laughs> right? Right? Right. Now, now you're in a spot. I told you I'm doing nothing, right? But what if I just said, no, I told you I was doing nothing, what if we got to that place? But no, there's some kind of, there's some kind of way. You ain't doing nothing. I need your help. Can you help me move? But it's like, what are you doing Saturday? I'm not doing anything. Can you help me move? Dang. Sure. And then you come home and tell your wife, I guess I got to help Jeff move. And you're like, I don't even know who Jeff is. I don't either. But he asked me what I was doing Saturday. Right? Think about this small change, big consequence, right? Now we're feeling comes some kind of way. What if, I, what if I approached you and said, hey, man, I'm moving this weekend, and I'd love to have some help if you're available. Then somebody's got the freedom to choose and be okay with the yes or the no, because I presented it to you in such a way that says, hey, man, I want you to be able to, 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 to say yes if you want to say yes, and to say no if you want to say no, because your words are important, because there's a lot of us that have committed to things and then struggle to keep the commitments, but we know we're supposed to keep our commitment, but we shouldn't have committed in the first place. I'm perfect, I'm perfect example. I'm up here promoting this living room wrestling, which is stupid and awesome at the same time, right? And I'm roping my kids. I mean, they're roping me into it because they're roping me into it, right? 
And my wife reminded me yesterday, she said, oh, I forgot to tell you, Lily has softball practice. This is a real life situation happened like less than 24 hours ago. I forgot to tell you, Lily has softball practice at the same time you have the LRW. And you know what I did? I responded gently, just like a husband always does. Babe, that's fine. We'll reschedule. It's okay. It's absolutely fine. Whatever I can do to accommodate. You know what I said? Absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. Absolutely did not say that. You know what I said? Man, I, I, look, I scheduled it for here because there was nothing on the calendar. Right? And uh, you know, I, t- I said that she, it's softball, it's just taking over. She does it in the spring. It's not even softball season, right? Just real, just pro, pro husband <laughs> at almost 10 years. Remember all that stuff I said in the first, like, seven-eighths of the message? Right? Right out the window. Because <laughs> I'm an out loud process. No, that is not why, because I didn't exhibit self-control. And I can't take this verse about the Bible saying no man can tame their tongue and use it like a, well, I, it ain't going to be tamed, so why even try? And I feel like this is what we do a lot of times. We run across verses that, are, that see like that, 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 that your tongue is full of evil and it's a deadly poison and no man can tame it. And we just say, well, never going to get that, so, you know, I'll just do my best. Right? It's not how it works. And the longer I thought about it, I realized, okay, Um, that was probably not the best way to respond to your wife because your daughter has made a commitment and you want her to learn from an early age, you honor your word. And if you can't keep it, don't do it. Don't do it. When somebody says they're going to show up, if they're going to meet you at 830, you expect them to meet you at 830. And I understand stuff happens. Sam Ridley's an absolute nightmare at several times a day. I get it, right? And we're going to be late. But what if we made that important to follow the things that we say, right? So uh, I moved the time back from six to seven, you know, because I'm a gracious and understanding father and husband. Didn't have nothing to do with the text message thread I had for one hour with my wife. <laughs> I'm saying, man, I'm just saying this is real life, man. Uh, we got, t- this is two, th- there's two things we do, right, on earth, like that, and, and that is we think and we speak, okay? We think and we speak, and then you do. It's like thoughts, words, actions. That's it. That's all we do. Thoughts, words, actions. And two of them are completely tied, and the action usually follows the stuff you say and been thinking about. Small change, big consequence. If we change the way we talk to one another, if we change the way we talk to one another, it has a big consequence, right? If we got on a boat, I don't even know where a boat is right now, but if we got on a boat and decided we're going to leave Smyrna and we're going to go to Rome, okay? We're going to go to Rome. We're going to go to the Vatican. There's a Starbucks there. We'll all get coffee. There is. Look it up. We're going to get coffee. We're going to Rome. We're going to get coffee, and we're all going to go to Mass at the Vatican, okay? I don't know why. That's where we're going. If you were one degree off, if we were one degree off, if the rudder moved us one degree, you know we would end up in Russia? The further it goes, the bigger the consequence. We say things flippantly and don't realize that the longer it's out there, the bigger impact it's going to have in the trajectory of our lives. Like I said earlier, some of us are carrying things that we didn't know we were carrying. James, 
also the book, not the pastor, says in verse 3, chapter 3, verse 10, just want you to know, chapter 3, verse 10, from the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not be so. And then he goes on to compare our lives to fig trees bearing olives and saltwater ponds giving fresh water, right? And if we're not paying attention to what he says, we're going to miss the point because he says blessing and cursing can't from, come from the same spring. And we have a tendency to look at it as if one, one type of water is bad and the other type of water is good, right? Blessing and cursing, that can't come out of the same one. So one must be salt water and the other must be fresh water. But here's the thing. The reason that salt water and fresh water can't be in the same place, blessing and cursing can't be in the same place, is because these are two different environments. It's not that one is bad and one is good, although in effect it is. It's that they're two different environments and each of them give life to two different things. When you go, when you go to the pet smart up here and we're going to get uh, a fish for your kid because you want to teach them like a pet that they can't kill and that they can take care of right away right you got an option between saltwater fish and freshwater fish and both of them look like they're both fish and they both live in the water but it's a completely different ecosystem and it's the same thing of your speech that's in the kingdom and speech that's in the world one of these is saltwater and the other is fresh life-giving water and speech can't be the same in this kingdom as it is in this kingdom. And sometimes, as believers, you don't know which kingdom the speech belongs to. Words, though they look the same, are different because they belong to a different system or an environment. Speech in the world system sounds like this. Hey, you got this, man. You don't need anybody. You can work your way to the top. You ever heard of the phrase self-made? Well, that's probably the most arrogant tattoo I've ever seen on somebody. Self-made. Yeah, right. The word says that it is God who gives the ability to gain and produce wealth. So what the word says, self-made, you know how many doors of favor or blessing had to open up for you? You know, it's a miracle I'm even standing here. The word says that my steps are ordered by God and that your steps are ordered by God. So it's no coincidence we're all in this room listening to what God has to say this morning. That don't just happen on its own. Words in the, in the, in the world sound like this. Girl, you don't need a man. You don't need, you don't need a man to raise those kids. You got this. And then you end up with an entire generation of boys who grew up in a single mother home and 80% of teachers are female and you're trying to uh, uh, allow femininity to produce masculinity and that can never happen. You've got an entire generation of boys that don't know how to be men because of speech in the world system. Speech in the kingdom sounds like God is in control. Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Though my situation doesn't look like what I wanted it to, though everything I see around me doesn't line up with what I know, I know what the word says and I'm going to stand on it. It's a completely different speech and thought pattern in the world system and in the kingdom. And both are offensive to the other, right? If somebody comes in and starts all that negative Nancy stuff, you're like, bro, chill. Like, we're trying to believe God for some stuff here, and you come up, well, I mean, I guess he could heal you if he really wanted you. You're like, whoa, we're trying to pray for some stuff here. 
<laughs> right, Fred? Tell him. Reason the water don't mix because it's not the same makeup. And I'm praying through this. I'm praying through this. I'm like, God, what does this look like? Because I know I belong to the kingdom. I know I'm in this freshwater pond. But sometimes the things that I say don't reflect that. Anybody else? I know I'm in the kingdom, but sometimes the stuff that comes out of my mouth, I'm going, am I in the kingdom? (laughs) Sometimes I react instead of responding. I react instead of responding. And I'm like, God, how does this work? And God took me, he showed me this beautiful mountain stream. I I want you to close your eyes. I want you to picture this. Get this Bob Ross painting in your mind. Right? Or even an experience you've had where you're, you've walked this mountain trail and it opens up and it's this beautiful stream and there's a waterfall in the distance. Right? And you can see it. Can you see it in your mind? And now I want you to look down at the edge of the stream and I want you to see those plastic bottles and I want you to see that trash that's just washed up on the side, that Cheetos bag that's somehow staining the Bob Ross painting here. Anybody ever seen that? You're at a beautiful spot, and all of a sudden there's trash. You're like, well, dang, how did that get here? We're like 30 miles off the trail. And God showed me, he said, your words, Justin, they either give life or they pollute the stream. Our words either give life to the environment or they pollute the stream. And let me tell you, sometimes some of the trash that's there doesn't just go away. That plastic bottle will be there long after we're gone, still in that same spot. When I speak those things into other people's lives, when I speak those things to my wife that pollute the stream in our marriage, one of two things are going to happen. That thing is going to stay there until she picks it up and takes it out, or I go and pick it up and clean it up. And we've got to be a people that, one, stops polluting and throwing trash all over the place, Right? How would you feel if you're driving down the road and you see somebody in front of you just throwing stuff out the window? Right? Have you ever seen that? You're like, nowadays it's a shock when we get super judgy. I'm like, oh my God, that guy just threw a bottle out. Right? I used to smoke. I'd be cigarettes everywhere. Oh my God, he just flicked a cigarette. Only thing worse than a non smoker is a former smoker. We get real uppity. You know what I mean? We're like, this is everybody's there, sir. I'm serious. Serious, it's like that, right? But imagine, no, just imagine that you saw somebody just throwing trash out of the car, right? How would you feel? But yet, because we can't see what our words do, we just throw them around anywhere and everywhere. We just throw them around. We just throw them around, and we have this attitude of, I'll clean that up later. Or we come back and say, I'm sorry. My wife will tell you, she's from Missouri. Sorry, don't cut it. She's from the show me state, Right? You have to show me you are sorry. No, but we do that, man. We take our words, we throw them around flippantly, not realizing the impact that they have. Our words carry weight in a, in a positive way and in a negative way. Our words can build people up when they are in their toughest times of life. Dave called me on the way to Orlando. He's going down there to see his son. 
and I'm hanging out with friends. We're having a good old time. And I went outside and called him back. He said, Justin, I value your words. I value the words you say. Would you pray for me? Would you pray for my son? You know what an honor it is to have somebody say, I value your words when you know some of the words that you've spoken to people, some of the mean things that you've said just out of your flesh, some of the things I've said about other people, some of the things I've said about myself, and for somebody to say, I value your words. That we would become a people that understand the impact and the power that our words have to give life. That we would be, we would be okay with silence before we say things flippantly. That we would be a people that takes our words seriously. Because they matter. They matter. God's word matters. He's given us written word. He has spoken that is life. Worship team, you come out. I don't know about you, but I want to be a person that adds value. I don't want to keep polluting the stream. I don't want to have days where you don't know which kingdom I belong to. And I know it's going to happen, man. We're, we're people, but we've got to not make it a practice. There has to be some in, intentionality on the way we speak to one another and the way that we speak to the world. Complaining and criticism have become so commonplace in our society. We hide behind screens and we type and say whatever. Or even if we have this self-righteous, well, bit my tongue on that one. What's still going on in our hearts? God is challenging me. And I believe that he sent me here to challenge you to evaluate your speech. Evaluate what you say at home. Evaluate what you say at work. Evaluate what you say under your breath. Does this add value? Are we adding value to the world? Studies have shown that our words, that once spoken, they never end. They bounce and refract that the vibrations, the sound waves go on continuously. Once it's out, it, it keeps going. May we be a people here in Smyrna, Tennessee that bless others, that bless God, and that blessing continually bounces across the earth until Jesus comes back. Our prayers that over the next few weeks, we dig deeper, that we get away from the surface level stuff, the being hangry, all the dumb things, the, the reacting instead of responding, and we look at really what's going on in our hearts, what we really believe, because what's in our hearts, our mind, our will and emotion will eventually come out of our mouths. Kevin's gonna come close us out. I want you to consider that this week. God, how can my words be used to bless and not pollute? Amen. For those who are going to pray with people, come forward. Um, just one quick thing I want to say. Uh, that that would you show your love for Justin? I mean, that was an incredible word. Um, two two things before we 
before we close today. Um, and I'm, I'm only saying this because I know how the enemy works and I know I can do this because I know Justin's heart. There are a lot of single moms who are doing a great job raising kids and it's hard. And some of them are not single by choice. And so I want you to know, hey, what Justin was saying about there being a male voice in there, that's, that's a true, there, there's, 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 there's some real merit to a male voice being in a kid's life. But that was no indictment on single moms because single moms are working hard to raise their kids. So I just wanted to, I wanted to say that. Uh, second, you know, we, Pastor Barbie and I were talking this past week and um, one of the things I was saying is, you know, when we leave um, church, you know, it's, it's encouraging to have somebody say, hey, that was a great word. That was a strong word. That was a great message. It's real encouraging to hear those types of things. But the best encouragement is when we take words like we got today and we do something with it. And so I encourage you that that was a strong word and we're going to have some strong words in this series. Let the Holy Spirit do some work inside of you because man, what we say, there's life and there's destruction that can come out of the same spot of our lives and the power of the tongue. This is important. Would you stand with me this morning? We're going to worship. It's not lost on us that there are needs in the house. And if you have needs this morning, there are brothers and sisters down here that want to pray with you and for you. So you come as we close out this, uh, this message today.